Rest in peace. Saquon Barkley. Rest in peace. Cortland Sutton. Rest in peace. Christian McCaffrey. Rest in peace. Drew Locke. Rest in peace. Paris Campbell. Rest in peace. Jimmy Garoppolo. Rest in peace. Raheem Mostert. Rest in peace. Will Fuller. Rest in peace. Tyrod Taylor. And rest in peace. Devontae Adams. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's not fair. Oh. Why do the good... Why do the good have to go early, Dan? Oh, why do the good die young, dude? So mm-hmm. rough. Man, did anyone survive injury apocalypse? I don't know, man. That's What a crazy week we had in week two. Yeah, I mean, obviously I think the headliner is Saquon Barkley tearing his ACL. Yep. Um, Kevin pulls off the reverse Grim Reaper, you know, slammer oh. jammer. I mean... In a weird way, Armand's probably okay with this. Yep. I don't think oh, he's yeah. trying to contend. So this is like really for for Armand. This this trade became ten times better. Yeah, it's the king of it's the king of anti potential points. If you're not gonna want to win, this is the ideal situation. Now, God bless the fact that we never wish injuries upon any of these guys. I just want to be upfront with part of this. But if you're Armand, you've got to feel great that this fucking happened. You put up 70, 71 points in week two. You're the lowest scorer on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be smiling from ear to ear. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I know ACLs of late. Running backs in particular have recovered from it. But, I mean, you still got to be a little bit uneasy. But, like you said, uh, you're smiling if you're our mind, I think. Or you have, yeah. a, you have a confused, awkward smile. Oh, it's, yep. God bless you. Now. And everybody that didn't secure a backup with it where you where we had one of these guys and you don't have the guy that's running right behind him shame uh-huh. on you shame on you for not understanding that you got to take care of your bell cow with a backup here yeah i mean depending on some situations are a little bit different but 100 percent agree with that um and let's piggyback off to probably the next biggest one i mean it's not going to be the full season but it might be about a month. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, how are you doing, Dan? Oh, uh, it's not good, man. So I, I would be a liar if I said that I didn't see that happen. And my panic button fucking got, the, the lid got flipped up and my hand's over the top of it because it's okay. How much do I have to sell for the farm to make sure that I don't lose where I'm at? Because when you look at the D.C. division right now, mm-hmm. four players that are over 300 points with it, which is nuts, the highest score in the league is is you at, at three sixty five. Yep. And then you go to three fifty seven with me, three fifty three with Steve, three twenty four with Chris, and three twenty one with Stefan. Yep. Then we hit Ruth at the sixth spot at three eighteen. And then and then there's like a forty five point gap where we don't have shit. Uh, Zane is right after Nick. Yeah, fuck Zane. <laughs> but yeah, after that, then it then it's a little bit of a pile of shit. Yeah, to Kevin's team and his Grimreaper status. Oh wait, what no, Adam. Hell team. of a way to do this. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're here, so you can talk about it. But I mean, your team was oh. already a little dicey with running backs to begin with. Yep, it is. Do you think you can manage these next four weeks? So potentially I would, six. I would be a liar if I didn't say I'm not exploring all my options. Okay. Um, I, it's one of those ones where I'm not going to go through and take the desperation hit and try and sell the farm with it. I'm going to make sure that I give more than is fair mm-hmm. in the situation. 
but I also made sure I took care of my shit, and I have Mike Davis on my roster. And Mike Davis looked really good filling in for Christian McCaffrey. Now, he has a true test coming up this week against the Chargers, um, which we'll get into when we talk about matchups. So you, I can't always feel good about that. But at the end of the day, I, I Philip Lindsay's still out. Gus Edwards doesn't get carries. Bryce Love is interesting. Evans has been sick with part of that. Darius Geis is um, on COVID, for better lack of a term. <laughs> and then Cordero Patterson listed as a running back, so who knows what happens there. I'm not feeling great. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the nuclear option, 1 being easy peasy, where are you at? 7.25 after I just took a sip of vodka. That sounds about right. Yep, it's it's not great. Now, don't get me wrong. I have arguably the AFC MVP right now in Josh Allen. Hard to argue with that. With yeah. I, I, I snapped bought a jersey here so that should be coming in the weeks <laughs> I, I'm pot committed to this guy in multiple leagues but I, it's very interesting to see where the injuries break down via rosters and which team is going to be screwed yeah well let's move on to the next guy on the list and Cortland Sutton I mean this one I think kind of caught people by surprise it was like yep. a, a reverberation we thought we were done and then all of a sudden it's Cortland Sutton has a serious knee injury and then it's like two hours later Cortland Sutton tore his ACL. Yeah, that's that's a rough one there. I mean, the nice thing is, is there's so many weapons in that in that offense mm-hmm. that you've got to continue to feel good about if you have a share of it, like a Noah Fant, um, like a Jerry Judy that you just got a stock bump yep. with it. But when we talk about the next name on the list... Well, I mean, before we move on, I mean, looking at Stefan's team, this is... Stefan has a lot of depth. Yes, he might be he does. maybe the deepest team, maybe the second deepest team in the league. So I don't think he's going to be quite as no. panicky as you are. Nope. Obviously, Correct. Sutton and McCaffrey are a bit different players, so there's no comparison in that aspect. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're a 7.2569 repeating, Stefan is like a, a he's three. He's a three at most. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Cooks, Devontae Parker are amazing pieces. Keelan Cole looks really 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 good and this fun fact i don't know if you know this this is the first game that jacksonville has ever lost when keelan cole scores a touchdown i don't know if you knew that no apparently you got to feed the man staff needs to feed him and god bless gardner Minshew. and ruth is i hope he's going to start riding this train a little bit because this is fantastic but yeah that's stefan has a lot more pieces than than a couple other teams do to make sure that when the injuries happen he's not shit out of luck Agreed. And I'm going to group these next three together. Okay. The first one's Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. He's kind of similar to McCaffrey. Looks like it could be about a month, give or take. Yep. And then we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, which could be maybe potentially this week. It sounds like it's not that severe, but I doubt he plays this week against the Giants. Correct. And Wolf Fuller. Reason all these three guys are mentioned together, they are all on one roster. The team that we kind of praised after week one, Chris's team. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you like Drew Locke. You mm-hmm. mentioned the pieces around him. Um, are you worried about any of the pieces around him? Yes, I think. Now, again, there's – I don't know if you saw the rumors, but there's this one guy that played a little bit of football, was okay. His name's Blake Bortles. Um, the rumors are he signed up there. Jeff Driscoll didn't look great, but Jeff Driscoll didn't look shitty. But, yes, if you're an owner of Noah Fant, Jerry Judy – Tim Patrick, 
all those guys that are in that offense. Yep. I think the only one you can feel good is the guy that's on Stefan's roster is Melvin Gordon. Yeah, or Lindsey when he comes back. Which is on my roster, but God, you know, forbid. Yep. But I think Gordon's the guy that you've got to feel good about with there. But with that being said, no Garoppolo potentially, no lock. Chris is all of a sudden playing with one quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong, Wolf. this guy is arguably, you could put in conversation for MVP right now. I don't think he has MVP. I think he's a top three candidate for MVP in Cam Newton. Oh, for sure. He's a big reason why Chris's team is so successful yep. right now. But now it's the question is you've got to go through and you've got to play this super flex position with, oh, God, Deion Lewis? Yeah, I mean, we don't have to go into specifics on bids, but this might be a team that trying to get Chris or Dris- Driscoll makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Um, or maybe working a trade. Um, yep. That might be coming up in a little bit, actually. Yeah. Ooh, ooh do wink, I hear wink. a Picasso hint? Ooh. Maybe. I like this. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, yeah, Chris, I mean, I think Chris is probably right up at your level, like around a seven, because, yeah. like you said, this is such a tough division. And Chris's team, on paper, I mean, Cam Newton, Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, Terry McLaren. We're going to talk about the next guy, but T.Y. Hilton should get a bump. Johnny mm-hmm. Smith he might be among the Noah fan, TJ Hawkinson, guys that are breaking out yeah. at the tight end position. And he's still got a few other guys. But, yeah, Chris Chris needs either some help or some guys to get healthy ASAP. Correct. Yep, I completely agree. And that's where, as we talk about this D.C. division, this is where life gets very, very interesting. And we'll eventually talk about a team, I think, that didn't really suffer any of these setbacks that could be catapulting towards the top. All right, and let's continue on. I kind of alluded to him, but Paris Campbell, it's... I don't even know if there's details. I I don't think he's out for the season, but it it doesn't look great, um, and which is unfortunate because he had an injury-plagued year one, and people were a little bit optimistic with Rivers coming aboard, and sure enough, in week one, he looked pretty good. He yep. looked like he might be a PPR guy, and he gets injured and suffers this weird injury that isn't super severe, but he might not play until, like, November or something. Yeah, those are the worst ones. It's the lingering ones. It's the turf toe kind of things where it's not anything too crazy, but it's just enough to fuck you up for multiple weeks. But talk about a kid with a bunch of young talent that looks so good in this offense. Um, This is a heartbreaker. Yeah, and I mean, for Zane's team, I don't think he was counting on Campbell to begin with, so he was a luxury at this point. But... You know, getting extra depth pieces, especially this year when, while it hasn't been an issue yet, depth, well, for COVID-related reasons, depth will be important. And Zing has that still, but now he's down, you know, a lottery dart throw guy that he wasn't planning on. But at the same time, he picks up a lottery dart throw guy in Darius Bird. Um, True. Or Demir Bird. I'm sorry, not Darius. Demir Bird. Um, He looked really good this week, so... The question is, is who's going to step up, whether it's, you know, Anthony Miller, Russell Gage, um, Bird. There's a couple other different pieces that, that Zane has options to, especially with Van Jefferson. Um, I would put Zane at maybe a two in the oh shit meter. I think I'd go even lower. I think one. I, okay. He wasn't counting on Campbell to begin with. If Campbell would have turned into someone, it would have been a luxury, but I – Zane's, I don't think he's losing any sleep. I think he's yeah. like, fuck, but whatever. 
Yep. Um, all right, let's continue on. Let's go to, unfortunately, my team, uh, Raheem Mostert. Yeah. Um, this kind of sounds like the Jimmy Garoppolo. Wolf, or I don't know about Wolf Fuller. I don't think anything's come out on him. But it might not be super serious. Probably not going to play this week, especially against the Giants, who look like one of the, the worst teams in the league. Um, but nonetheless, it's an injury for a running back. And my team isn't super strong at running back, so... Yeah, this is another interesting one. This is one where we have all these different names in this backfield, and all of a sudden one guy goes down, and then another guy gets a a questionable tag with it, and then there's one guy that's really going to stick out with it. So God bless the Jarek McKinnon owner that has part of this. But, yeah, for your team, you can't be – I don't think you're in super panic mode with it as, I mean, you're sitting with a little bit of James Conner action. You have a Sony Michelle. You have Daryl Henderson, so you've got to be feeling okay with some of your replacement options. But it's not a Raheem Mostert with with this. And I know I was set up, came out earlier in the podcast, and I said, hey, I don't know if Mostert's the option there. I've been proven wrong at least with the first initial couple weeks for this. Um, but Jared yeah, McKinnon looks good. super I mean... good. Mostert looks, has looked outstanding with this. I would put you maybe at a four point five, just because you never know what you're going to get out of Connor. The Michelle in the backfield there is a fucking shit show with it and do we actually know who the running back for the Rams is going to be I don't think McFay knows or Jared Goff knows right now it's going to be a case-by-case basis and in fairness to Henderson he looked really good and really explosive but it's not someone you want to rely on at least for your RB2 if he's a flex I think you're fine but yep so I think you're looking at if you pick the right guy you're in good shape if you pick the wrong guy fuck um, which I think that gives you that, that five level where you're damned if you're damned if you don't, depending on which way you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all that. I think running back was never my strength, so that, that's a perk. Um, it's not like I lost Delvin Cook, you know, knock on wood. But, yeah, it's not great, and hopefully it is just the one week, maybe two weeks. At the end of the day, I'm in an easier division. I'm probably going to make the playoffs. So thanks for rubbing that in. So yep. get Go get ahead. healthy, Mostert, <laughs> and take as long as you want. Be healthy come November and December, and I'm okay yep. with everything else. Um, all right, let's talk about Tyrod Taylor and maybe the most unique thing that happened in week two, like 30 seconds before. Actually, I don't even think it was like before kickoff. It was yeah. like the game started, and then it's like, oh, Herbert is now actually the quarterback. Yeah. There was, like, mixed confusion. Um, we're going to talk about Herbert after all this stuff. But Tyrod Taylor, I don't think anyone's really counting on him, but did the man just lose his job because of a chest injury? I want to say yes, he did. But the problem is, is I don't think that the coaching staff sees it that way because they came out and said that if Tyrod's healthy, he's going to be the starter. Now, understanding we'll talk about Justin Herbert in a second with that, is Tyrod Taylor the option for what you need to do? Tyrod Taylor, again, I, I've referenced this a couple times with different quarterbacks. He's the Joe Flacco of football. He's not going to do enough to make you win the game, but he's mm-hmm. he's not going to lose you the game. But I think he's more susceptible to making an errant play than what sure. it is. And he, obviously, if you haven't stuck around in a team multiple years to be the to be that guy that people are counting on to start, you can't feel really great. So, how short is your leash? If not, are you being choked already? Yeah, I mean, Armand has him. I don't know why Armand didn't try to move him to begin with, but, yeah, I mean. 
not great. Not it's great. Not understanding great. that's a that's a shitty way to to do it because again everybody came out there and it was like, hey, so Tyrod's not gonna play as Justin Herbert runs out onto the field and it's like, what the fuck happened? I I guess he's just kind of cursed because this happened the same thing in Cleveland with Baker. He got yep. injured. He's like, oh, he's not gonna lose his job, and Baker kept the job. So yeah. um, let's talk about Herbert. I mean, quarterbacks are very unique because when you change a quarterback, the entire offense changes to some extent. They have their own tendencies, whether it's checking down, whether it's throwing deep, whether it's running, whether it's not running. And Herbert presented, I think, something everything, but something the Chiefs weren't expecting because Tyrod does not present everything. He's very uh, patient and I don't know. Um, What did you think of Herbert? And did you think... I agree. I, I thought he looked exceptionally well. I thought there was times where he showed poise of an Aaron Rodgers type in the pocket. He had recognition. He knew where to put the ball. He had Cam Newton-like aspects where he was able to scramble outside of the pocket. The touchdown run he had where he got fucking drilled at the end of it. He looked good, though. Like I, he, made a, he made a mistake, a couple mistakes, but that's a rookie with that. Overall, though, who owns Herbert? Do you know? Zane. Zane. He took him fifth overall. Yep. Sitting very, very nice right now. I think is if he wins the job like he should, God bless the San Diego or the, the LA coaching staff. Fuck, I hate city changes. LA should go to him. He showed that he has the ability to pepper the tight end, pepper the receivers, mm-hmm. give Austin Eckler a chance for checkdowns. Joshua Kelly shows promise going through the tackles. Yeah, I think he needs to be the starter. I agree. Um, the one thing that I, and obviously, you know, some. In Oregon, you know, the last few years, but the dude is so freaking big. Did you see that, like, just trucking over the defender that tried to light him mm-hmm. up? And he just, like, it almost like he hit a brick wall and fell over. Oh, that was kind of eye opening to see. Yes. It's great. And it's, it's one of those ones where this is a guy, like, you can build around. Give this guy the ability to learn. Understand that he's going to grow through pain, have his issues, but he gets experience. And experience is second to none when you can grow and understand that there's fires and there's going to be, you know, times where you're sitting on a picnic blanket eating a picnic basket. It's great. Yeah, that was a really shitty analogy, but, you know, I would channel my inner Yogi Bear there. I'll let you run with that. All right. Um, Real quick with Herbert, does he start this week, yes or no? Yes. I I think if they don't, they're fucking dumb. All right. And the last one on the list, we're bringing it back to you, Devontae Adams. Uh, I, it feels like this was just precautionary because they were playing the shitty-ass Lions. Yep. Um, but how, how do you feel? I'm sure you have your ear to the ground a little bit closer than I do. Yep, so this is it's not severe, and that's the okay. biggest piece. I think it was the, hey, he came back, he had a small tweak, we're up decently amount, let's go ahead, we're gonna, we played one snap in the second half or one series in the second half, let's sit you down, yep. let's not go too crazy. Um, the crazy part is, is again, the the, the – the doctor that's got to go through and let Adams go has to be the same doctor that goes through and lets Michael Thomas go with it. I think this is going to be a fucking great game between the Saints and the Packers. I think Adams is full blow. He's good to go with it. Um, but uh, don't get me wrong, I've gone through and I've made sure I've had my, my pieces to, to cover my ass with some of this stuff. Uh, it's going to be closely monitored, but I don't think it's as serious as what everybody thinks it's going to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, hamstrings are always tricky. Um, look at Kenny Galladay. Yep. I don't think anyone thought he was going to miss week one, and now he's coming back week three for the first time of the year. So mm-hmm. who knows? Hopefully for your sake it doesn't flare up because 
man, if you're down McCaffrey and Adams for any amount of games, I am not liking your odds. No, and it's not great overall. I'm very much banking on that. But I put up 176 points with the fact that Adams only played a half of football. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm pissed. I fucking lost with it, but... You know, he, oh, played yeah. a ha- he played a half of football. McCaffrey got through at least almost four quarters. I I still feel a little bit good about where I sit, oh, especially sure. with some of the shit that Chris happened. But, again, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but, yes, it's it's not a good feeling. All right. Well, let's move on with the injuries. And we're going to actually segue to – I don't know if we did this section last year. But um, for one of my other leagues that I do, I like just trying to pay, play – trade Picasso. I try to find trades that, I, from my unbiased third-party opinion, make sense for both sides. Sometimes I hit the nail on the head and sometimes I couldn't throw, you know, I couldn't hit water from a pool, or from a boat. So, Dan, I'm going to read you off four trades. One of them actually involves you. And you can tell me what you think, what your first thoughts are um, after I say it to you and kind of give my reasoning. Okay. All right. So let's do the first one, and we're going to actually stick with Chris. Um, Chris has one quarterback, Cam Newton. Might have more. He needs help. Agree? Yes, absolutely. He's he's at the point where he needs another QB. So, But I think he might just need temporary help. It sounds like the Jimmy Garoppolo thing isn't serious, and Drew Locke um, should be back, I would assume, probably before November. Yep. Um, So here's what I'm thinking for Chris. Chris is going to call up Jerry. And he's going to be like, yo, Jerry, you don't need Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's make a deal happen. So here's the deal. Chris is going to send his third-round pick from next year's draft and Dawson Knox, tight end for the Buffalo Bills, to Jerry for Ryan Fitzpatrick. For Chris, I mean, Fitzpatrick is rock solid as a quarterback. But, you know, he's the writing's on the wall. I mean, this is going to be Tua's team. It could be next week. It could be... Week 13, we don't know, but at some point it's going to happen. Uh, for Jerry, I for as good as Fitzpatrick is, everyone knows that the timeline is near, and it's going to be to his team eventually. So you get, I mean, these aren't great assets. Third-round picks have a lot of, or have more value in our league than others, and Dawson Knox is a tight end that was promising his rookie year, and all of a sudden Josh Allen is looking like Patrick Mahomes out there, so... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate getting this package in return for a quarterback that might not be starting next week or next year. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think there's a lot of upside to Dawson Knox with I so he said what do we have? We've had three week or two weeks. Mm-hmm. He said three catches each week for twenty six yards and thirty eight yards. I understand he lost a fumble this last week. Yep. But that Buffalo offense looks outstanding. They'll get a decent test coming up this week. In, in their matchup. And the third round pick, you're right, carries a lot of extra incentive with it. Um, I think it's a very fair trade. I don't think either side's going to lose with it. I think Chris definitely gets the bigger win-now moment. For and sure. Jerry gets a lot of rebuild. Yeah. Um, I mean... So, yeah, I think this is a this is a well-balanced trade with part of it. Um, I think you could – Jerry could potentially be looking at saying, hey, man, I could push to a second because you're yeah. desperate – with it, um, I think that when we look at the tight end option, John Smith, I don't think needs to be moved. I think that's too excessive. Agreed. Um, but you could look at maybe an MVS um, with it if Jerry wants to get a little bit younger 
with yeah. that um, 25-year-old Valdez Scantling is is a decent option. But I think this is a this is a checkmark trade. I think you you're pretty good with this first trade. Excellent. The the next three go downhill very quickly. <laughs> and this one actually, we're gonna go to your trade. Okay. And I. This one's very interesting because I don't know what everyone thinks of him. Mm-hmm. So when I tell you the team that it's with, you might know where I'm going with this. Okay. Yes, it's going to involve you and Sam. Okay, yep. And you're going to send your first round pick this year. And Sam's going to send his second round pick in 2022, not next year, but the following year. Yep. Or not this coming year, but the following year. And James Robinson, the rookie for the Jacksonville ja- Jaguars. For Sam, I mean, we know the game Sam plays. He's looking to the future. If he even sniffs some unknown, he wants to bail. And sometimes that fucks him, and other times that works for him. But James Robinson has looked, at least through two weeks, I've been impressed. Um, he is an undrafted rookie, so that's risky. But they got rid of four nets. The coaches rave about him. It's hard not to, I think, slowly become a believer. Um, for you, I mean, you get a running back that is young, that has looked good. Um, you Do you lose your first this year, but Sam's team isn't going to be good in 2022, so you kind of get that reinsurance that you're going to get another pick back, but it's going to be delayed a year. Um, so... It, it all comes down to how both of you, James Robinson, Sam could think this is crazy. You could think this is crazy. And I would not be surprised by either response. Yeah, I think this is an interesting way to go. So Robinson has a lot of that that bigger upside here. But what happens when Raquel Armstead gets off of the COVID list and when that happens? And mm-hmm. this, this for Sam makes a lot of sense because he's got guys on the bench like, like Joshua Kelly. He's got guys on the bench like Cam Akers. He has Keyshawn Vaughn. He's got AJ Dillon. I mean, we got a lot of young guys and old man, old man Gore still on that list. So for for Sean this or for Sam, this makes a lot of sense that I can move an asset that's going to win now. I'm going to lose some potential points because I got to start one of these, you know, BS guys. I get a first round pick with it, and for me, the the risk becomes: does this pan out for us for the next four to six weeks until I get Christian McCaffrey back? Because mm-hmm. I think that's all I'm on is I'm on a four to six week timeline with no reoccurrence that this could potentially happen again. And it's how how much do I trust the four to six week timeline and how long is Robinson going to be the guy in this this issue, this piece? You know, 16 carries, 62 yards in week one, 16 carries, 102 yards in week two and with a touchdown, mm-hmm. you know, four targets, three receptions in week two. One target, one reception for 28 in week one. Not a bad way to do it with it. Now, the question becomes is, can I save my first to package a second, whether it's from Adams, which is going to be a very early second-round pick Mm -hmm. as we sit right now, and then I still have my own, and maybe give a different player that would help help him go there, whether it's a – a young wide receiver, one of the tight ends that I'm stocking on my roster. There's sure. a couple different aspects that you can go with. So I'm going to give you a 40-60 in this. Okay. Um, not bad in some of the aspects, but not great in some of the other ones. No, that's fair. I think, I mean, Robinson's still unknown to uh-huh. an extent. Um, he's looked good. I think we can both agree on that. But it's early. He doesn't have 
You know, this isn't Jonathan Taylor doing good. Yeah. You know, this is someone we don't know, but he could ironically follow the um, kind of pattern that his quarterback follows, which he doesn't get any respect, but he just keeps producing. Now Robinson's got to do it for several more weeks, I think, until he gets his bandwagon full. Um, and one thing with you, I agree four weeks, but or your timetable's four weeks, but Ingram's timetable could be four weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... And maybe Robinson isn't the answer, but I think, um, you know, it could be shitty if McCaffrey comes back and then Ingram, Ingram loses away. his job or something. I yep. don't know. Nope, I, trust me. It's things I think about all the time, and my clock what, is ticking. It's what keeps you up at night. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right, let's move on. And before I talk about this next trade, I'm going to mention one of the teams. And one of the teams is Mr. Kevin Ruth. Now, Kevin, if you're listening, you're not going to like me for saying all this stuff, but I'm going to say it. I think your team's in an interesting spot. You obviously made the move with Saquon Barkley this offseason, and you know we're not going to dive into that details, but I think you made a move to try to get younger with your team and get more pieces, which is fine if that's the route you want to go. Um, but I think Kevin's team, as I look at it, I wonder if it's approaching kind of, in some ex, um, aspects, maybe no man's land a little bit. Um, the second running back on the team is maybe missing. The quarterbacks are, I mean, at this point, god-awful. I don't know. I mean, this year just feels like a lost cause for Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold and Stafford. I don't know what's going on with the Lions. So a part of me wonders if, and Kevin's in the, the toughest division, um, to no fault of his own, but that's just a reality. Does it make sense for him to maybe consider a mini rebuild? Um, you know, teams in our league, there's like one team that's always selling at any point. And when those teams do end up selling, they get pretty great value for their, their guys. So long story short, I think Kevin should maybe, not right now, but maybe in October, consider a mini rebuild if this if things aren't going this way. So with all that said, if you're going to rebuild... You probably want your first pick. Kevin doesn't have it. Yep. Who has it? Sam has it. So it's another Sam trade. And Sam's going to send Kevin's 2021 first, which, I mean, right now is going to be pick five. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Kevin maybe goes through this rebuild, maybe he locks in pick four. I don't know. Um, and Kevin is going to send back Stefan's first, which right now is pick six but Stefan had a great rebound in week two yep. so we'll see how good his team is you know we expect him to be a favorite i'm i would think that first is going to fall down a bit and in addition to that mike gasicki tight end for the miami dolphins for sam he's getting to the point that i think first round picks lose a little or aren't as amazing for him getting some proven talent i think makes sense um Kevin's pick could be the fourth pick, regardless of if Kevin wants to have it be that or not. So maybe Sam doesn't want to move that because he wants to get an elite prospect. And so far on paper, this draft looks like it's going to have several elite prospects. Um, So I don't know for Sam's perspective. For Kevin, I mean, he's got his boy, Hunter Henry. But Kasiki just had a great week. So obviously there's going to be some, you know. There's going to be some difficulties, you know, trying to do that or justify that after seeing that. Um, but I don't know. I think something like this could maybe make sense. And if Kevin does want to rebuild, 
calling Sam and trying to get maybe that first back might be one of his first calls. Yeah, this is, I mean, so you basically exchange, you go up one pick to get, to remove one of a young tight end and a first. And yeah, the, what is at the current moment, this is Stefan's pick. Stefan looks to have rebounded very well. His team came kind of came back to life. Just missed high score of the week by a couple points here. Yep. It's a, it's an interesting way, but the question is, is he actually traded last year to get Gusecki with it, and what's it going to happen when this reins get turned over from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua Tugaviola or whatever the fuck you say his last name as? Because um, they always say a, the best friend to a young quarterback is the tight end. Right. So where do you kind of chalk up your your opportunities here? I think this one you could throw as I'm going to give you a 30-70 here. I don't know if I'm as sold on this trade as I am the other two just because of the youth of Gasecki to move up one spot as it currently sits. If yeah, it moves I think up four spots, we might be in a different story. Right. I mean, but as it currently sits, I'm not as sold as on the other ones. Let me like just for one mm-hmm. sec. Obviously, this trade is kind of projecting a little bit um in the sense that if Kevin does this trade, this isn't going to be the only move he does do. He's yep. going to then maybe try to look to sell uh Derrick Henry. He's going to look to do some little moves like that. Um, And obviously then on the flip side, Stefan is probably going to, you would hope, be a little bit better. So this doesn't look like the sixth pick. Maybe this is the 10th or 11th pick. Um, So that's something that, to make clear, is kind of my assumption and Kevin considered doing it. Um, So that's that's my thought. Yeah, again, it's... I want to see what happens with Stefan's teams as we go through here. Yep. Um, depending on where he is, this probably fluctuates. But as it sits currently, I would say this is a this is the worst one you've put together so far in the thirty seventy. All right. Well, okay. Now I'm going to add a stipulation. Okay. So let's say let's let me assign draft values. If Sam, if Kevin's pick is the fourth pick, and Stefan's pick is the ninth pick. What's the percentages? I would take you to 40-60. If Stefan's pick is the 11th pick. I would probably take you to to that this becomes more beneficial to a 60-40 than it does the other way around. So more beneficial to Kevin's side? Yep. So Kevin, at okay. this point in time, this benefits Kevin as long as it's in the back three Okay, so basically, if Stefan shows that he's going to be right back in the championship game, mm-hmm. that you can justify that. And that's kind of what I was thinking when I put it together as well. But depending on when it's done, that's obviously a risk and not something that can be guaranteed. Yep. All right. So the last trade. And this one, I think, is my most out there trade. Um, by request, it involves Nick Ruth. Yep. Um, and we're going to actually include Stefan on this one. Okay. So Nick is gonna send Travis Kelsey. And oh, shit. Uh-huh. And Stefan is gonna send Zach Ertz and Melvin Gordon. On paper, this feels like a lot going to Nick Roos side. Um and I think like and I haven't looked at the trade calculator so I don't know, but I feel like they would probably want or they that would probably be accurate when you look at those 
Um, my thinking is Stefan does this trade because he wants to win another title. And Zach Ertz is a very good tight end. I don't think he's an elite set-and-forget top three guy. Uh-huh. Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end. Maybe on his bad day, number two. He's still very, very good. Um, so I think Stefan pays a, pays a premium to get that position or get that guy, you know, pair him with Tyler Higby maybe, um, and just having a more elite, dominant starting lineup. For Nick's situation, I mean, Nick's going to make the playoffs, but the man is, I think, walking a, a tightrope with um, limited bench options, um, questionable running back depth, or actually just running backs, period. So maybe Nick doesn't love this trade, but it might fill a lot of holes on a potential sinking ship. I think this one's very interesting. I think the only difference I would say is if is if Stefan includes maybe a draft pick and I got I'm pulling it up right now. Yep. To see maybe what Stefan has as a potential draft pick in his team. Um for whatever fucking reason I can't just pull his team. He's got no picks until twenty twenty two and when he does get to twenty twenty two, he has a third and fourth round pick. Maybe the third round pick. Okay. And I think we get a little bit more fanage with it because that gives Ruth the ability to go through and say, hey, I'm going to get something, you know, I, or he gives up a little bit as a mm-hmm. win now perspective. Yep. And Stefan gets the, hey, I understand that I've given up a little bit now as part of it, but I in a couple of years I get that. I think if we include that third rounder, I like this a little bit here. Now I have a question for you, and I went back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. Should Steph or should the running back Stefan be giving up be Melvin Gordon or Leonard Fournette? Fournette makes the bigger option is the bigger is the bigger piece that I think for Stefan that you have a question mark around. Okay, so for you're saying Stefan would want to give up Fournette, yes, Nick would over probably Gordon. want Melvin. Yep, correct. Okay, that's that what was, I would say. That's, that's what I kind of thought, but extra third round pick might sweeten the deal because it's not going to be a immediate bite your ass but in 2022 it gives you the option to get that additional resource especially depending on where that pick falls to mm-hmm. to get that rolling and i think that's it's very interesting because you're talking about a guy that's probably top six at the current moment just because dallas got got her eaten into his time mm-hmm. and a guy that just took a small bump up in a running back situation but you get on return, you get the number one tight end. Yeah, you give up a piece later on. But Melvin Gordon's probably going to play in like another two, three years. It's absolute prime. Yep. And then you start worrying about some other shit that goes on. But you've got other pieces in the near future that you can hope to rebuild around. Yeah. I mean, and I actually do think it's risky for Nick because I do think the, the gap between Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey is pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. And while he does get a running back, you know, Melvin Gordon isn't necessarily the the most amazing running back nowadays. But, you know, when you look at Nick's team and he's starting, you know, Devin Singletary and even Joe Mixon's been a little bit of disappointing, Melvin might be his top running back. Yep. I, yep. I, hard to argue against that. Okay. All right. So four, those are my four random deals. You, Some of you could think they're all atrocious. 
and that's fine. They're just random ideas take for a grain of salt. Yeah, I like it, man. It's 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 always nice to see the Picasso in work. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you appreciate it. But I, I guess you did something a little extra special, too, for the next segment. Yeah, so obviously some teams in our league are very shitty. I'm looking at you, Jerry, Armand, and Sam. And don't think we didn't forget about you guys. So we're going to look at um, the draft and the upcoming rookie draft 2021 in hopefully May of this year. Um, we're going to do a little mock draft and go just in order on how the standings would be if the season ended today. I took some liberties with the 7 through 12 spots and basically ordered by potential points and kind of logical playoff finish. So if you see some discrepancies, depending on what you look at in the standings, you might disagree with where I have your team. Yep. So let's get started here in the way too early. 2021 fantasy football draft with the first overall pick jerry selects trevor lawrence we've known this for the last year um we know this unless there's an injury or he retires or he for whatever reason doesn't want to be a new york jet decides to stay in school trevor lawrence is going to be the first overall pick in this in this draft and in the real nfl draft yeah, and you got it for Jerry. You got to be excited. This is a kid that's going to come in and probably be an absolute superstar. I think more than Joe Burrow, um, in it and and Joe yeah. Burrow's pretty damn good. Yeah, and that's and that's saying a lot there. So I think that's that's super cool with that. So I think that's probably the easiest lock that we have coming into this draft. Yeah, I mean it's he's a generational prospect up there with Andrew Luck. Um, no brainer. Yep. So with the second overall pick in the way too early 2021 draft. Armand, who's going to be picking number two, selects. This is where we might have some discrepancies. There might be some debate between picks, but I'm going to go with Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. Um, Armand picking two back-to-back years, and he's going to go quarterback back-to-back years. I think Justin Fields, um, he's got a little bit more of a rushing upside, I think, than Trevor Lawrence. And he, had, I'm very curious, the Big Ten's coming back this year, um, how he looks. Because his first year as a full-time starter was amazing. Mm-hmm. And on paper, this draft class next year is looking very stacked at quarterback. And it's hard to... I mean, there's a few guys that we're going to talk about next that you might be able to argue ahead of Fields. But for me, it's got to be Fields in a super flex league. And Armand, a chance to pair you know, Tua and Justin Fields for the next 10 years. That's quite the step up for Mitchell Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins. It's hard to argue against that, sir. So that moves us to pick number three in the way too early 2021 draft. This goes to Dr. Sam, foot Dr. Sam. Dr. Sam selects. Sam's going to go best player available, and I think right now it's got to be Jamar Chase. Um, He opted out of the college football season, so we're not going to see him. Um, But when we did see him, when he was playing with Joe Burrow, he looked really, really, really good. Um... Some say the best, you know, wide receiver prospect in several years, you know, up there with Amari Cooper um, in recent memory. Um, I, I don't know. There's, there's really not much else to say. I mean, there's a few other guys, I think, after this. But guess what? Spoiler alert. Sam has the next few picks. Um, I think Jamar Chase, just wide receiver from LSU, he looks like the next C.D. Lamb, you know, the next um, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, whoever you want to say. Dude looks good, and I think Sam's just got to take the best player available. Yeah, I mean, 
Jalen Rieger, Christian Kirk, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Chase Claypool. This is where Sam builds this yep. ultimate young wide receiver core that if he finds a boom in here, you're winning. If he finds a bust, who gives a shit? You got a couple other guys that can do it. So pick four. This comes to Dr. Sam via Adam. Dr. Sam selects. I'm going to go with Travis Etienne, uh, running back for the Clemson football team. Again, I mean, a lot of people, I think this was probably the most surprising prospect that went back to school. Um, he, he could have declared he could be playing on Sunday right now. Some say he went back because he wanted a chance to play for a national championship again. He wanted to be with Trevor Lawrence and a few of those other guys. I don't know. It's risky for a running back, and that has me questioning how NFL football teams viewed him. But so many experts rave about this guy, and I'm not smart enough to disagree with that. So Etanine is my guy. Running back Clemson, Sam needs him, and this potentially getting the top running back in the class I think makes a lot of sense. Yep, I don't think there's many things to, to say. With, he's got Josh Jacobs already. We've got a couple other options. Uh, but pick five, let's go back to a familiar face and Dr. Sam via Kevin here. Dr. Sam selects. We're going to – this one I, I went back and forth on, but we're going to stick with running backs, and we're going to go with the guy with probably the best name in the draft, Chubba Hubbard, running back from the Oklahoma State. Um, again, it's, I think he's the best player available. I wanted to maybe go with the next guy on my list, but I think it's a little bit best player available, a little bit Sam wanting to kind of true up his running back some, which what he hopes this will be the last time that he's picking high up and early in a first round draft pick for a few years after this. Yeah, I think this is a super solid pick with where it is. You get you get these two guys back-to-back, and again, if one guy booms and one guy busts, you're at the point in time where you're still winning with right. it. Um, so pick six, this would be the last pick in the I missed the playoff side of the pool yep. with it. So at the current moment with potential points, that is Kevin. Kevin's pick comes via Stefan with this, um, which means Stefan would be the odd man out with it. Uh, so, you know, the Grim Reaper of Fantasy Football Selects. So I was between two guys, and I think this pick for Kevin might be dictated on how his team looks. Um, I mean, we'll see. You hate to say it. I mean, Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones, they might not have jobs next year, depending on how the rest of the season goes and how their teams view them. For now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and think they will. And we're going to go Jalen Waddell, wide receiver for Alabama. Um, I think Waddell is hes kind of in that Henry Ruggs mode. Um, mold and he's an elite um, little bit tiny but extremely fast um, just a weapon you know everyone when get ready for draft season they're gonna they already have been and they will compare him to Tyree Kill and I think he's closer to Tyree Kill than um, uh, Henry Ruggs is and was um, so for Kevin I think it's continuing to get kind of best player available he could maybe go quarterback but Waddle for me is the best pick right now. Yeah, I, yep, I, that's a simple one for me there. Um, so let's move to the teams that would make the playoffs. So this is actually Nick Root's pick who would, via potential points, be picking at seven. But crazy enough, I'll never, you'll never guess who has this pick. It's Dr. Sam. And <laughs> Dr. Sam's going to pick. He's going to go Trey Lance. I don't think any player in the offseason has risen so much. Uh, again, you know, these are what people that – 
apparently get paid to talk about football. They're just as useful as meteorologists, but they're experts, quote-unquote. And Trey Lance, I mean, when you look at his stats, you know, look what, what he did, did, wow, did at North Dakota State. I mean, very impressive, very limited turnovers, seems like a very smart and poised player. can see why teams are high on him, supposedly going to be a top-10 pick. Um, for Sam, this is super flex territory. You do you don't let a top ten quarterback fall past the first six, seven, eight picks in a rookie draft. So it's it's kind of a no brainer for Sam at this point. Yep, I really like that option there. Uh, so pick number eight, obviously we can't have somebody out of the same division. So this means potential point wise, this goes to Chris uh, at the eight spot, just on potential points. So yep. where are we going with Chris at number eight? I mean. Chris kind of similar to um, Kevin, Sam, you know, last few teams. I think he goes best player available. We saw him do it with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, in this year's draft. And I think he's got to go with Rashad Bateman, wide receiver for Minis- the Minnesota Gophers. Bateman, I mean, depending on who you talk to, there's some people that will swear on their life that he is the best wide receiver in this class and unquestionably believe that. It's easy to see why, you know, in the P.J. Fleck offense, the man looked good. He very quickly outclassed a Tyler Johnson that everyone in Minnesota loved and thought was the next great thing. Quickly overshadowed him. Um, it's it's best player available, I think, for Chris's team. When you look at a weak spot, I mean, he's got Ezekiel Elliott. He's got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's got Jonu Smith. Cam Newton now. He doesn't have, he's got Terry McLaren. But there's some holes after Terry, and I think if he can get Bateman to pair with him, those are two young guys that are going to be awesome for years to come. Yeah, I really like Bateman, personally. Um, So pick number nine here, just on potential points. This goes to one of the very few people that has a few-round pick, or first-round pick, and it's me. It's you. So what what am I doing at nine? So, I mean, we talked about your team a little bit, and running running back's a problem for you. Um, And I think... I got a guy that a lot of people really, really like. Najee Harris, running back for Bama. Roll Tide. Um, Harris, he's kind of a, um, I don't know, a do-it-all running back a little bit. Like he's, not, he's a little bit of a plotter, but I think he's deceptively fast and better than you might think he is. Um, but I think he does everything really, really well. Maybe not great, which... For a running back, that can be okay. If you can do everything really, really well, I think you can be deadly in just about any offense. And Harris, he's not going to have a ton of wear and tear in his body because he was, you know, he had some people ahead of him. Um, but Najee Harris, I think for your team, running this is the clear best running back on the board. And there might be some wide receivers you can maybe want to go with, but I think the wide receiver or running back in Harris is the pick. I, I think that's a super smart decision. I would agree with every aspect of where I sit, where I'm at, and the guy that's coming at that position with everything you've said before it. Um, so we're going to go to 10 now. Typically this would be Zane's pick with it, um, but I don't know if you've heard this name before, but we have another guy named Dr. Sam up. Um, this would be the fun fact, last time we hear from him in round one, but with his one, two, three, his four, six. his fifth pick. Yeah, one, two, three, four, fifth Five, pick this round. Fifth. Words are hard. It's too what, difficult. What are we doing with Dr. Sam? For me, and again, so much is going to change, but this is probably the last of like a, sort of a teardrop I think is going to start. And I'm going to go with Rondale Moore, wide receiver for the Purdue Boilermakers. 
Um, dude's very, very similar to Jalen Waddle in the sense that a little bit undersized, a little bit tiny, kind of built like Hollywood Brown or Tyree Kill or whoever you want to compare him to in that mold. But the dude is a playmaker. He single-handedly kind of destroyed um, the Ohio State Buckeyes his rookie year, or excuse me, freshman year, and just lit the world on fire from there, having one of the best freshman seasons for a, fresh, or for a wide receiver in quite some time. Sophomore year was a little bit disappointing, a little bit injured. You know, it was going to be kind of hard to live up to those expectations. Glad to see the Big Ten footballs coming back because this is probably the first player on the list that I think is going to could potentially rise the highest. I mean, he could go all the way up to pick five, you know, and be a top ten pick in the NFL draft. Um, he's got that potential. He's got that ceiling and that playmaker ability. That that's what the NFL is kind of moving towards. Everyone wants the next Tyree Kill. I mean, look at so many players that we've seen get drafted because they can compare to Tyreek Hill and get ready for Waddle and Moore to be Tyreek Hill this and Tyreek Hill that. Yeah, I think this kid has a lot of upside. I'm pretty much a big fan for Sam. It makes a lot of sense again with what he's constructing in that wide receiver core. All right, so let's go to pick 11 with two picks left in the first round here. So this is where Steve would come in as what would be the champion of the D.C. division in potential points currently with that but Steve's not picking here Jerry is and Jerry got Trevor Lawrence to start off so where's Jerry going with pick 11 Jerry's gonna go with a, another Alabama wide receiver uh Devonte Smith uh he's someone that he's up there with I think Travis Etienne that a lot of people were kind of surprised that he didn't declare for this draft and a little bit curious what that means you know maybe these quote-unquote draft experts were a little too high on the player and not as high as NFL talent. We'll see. Um, but people swear by him that he's going to be a first-round pick, um, a very, very high second-round pick. And for Jerry, you look at kind of how he's built his team. He, When he sees a wide receiver talent falling, he will take them. He's not going to like get cute. He's not going to get fancy. He's going to take the wide receiver talent. Did it with A.J. Brown, did it with D.K. Metcalf, did it with LaVisca Schnault, uh, did it with Henry Ruggs. That's his M.O., and Devontae Smith, I think, is that guy, and this is this is a Jerry pick. Yeah, I, when you just said those those couple names right before where you said Smith, yep. what a hell of a wide receiver core that that could turn into be if, Absolutely. if all these guys pan out, and, th- and three of them are already panning out, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Obviously, the final pick of, of round 12 with potential points is yourself, um, but you don't own your pick. I don't know if you've heard this name before, but Jerry's going to pick here at 12. So he gets, obviously, the receiver at 11. He gets the quarterback at 1. Do we complete the trifecta here at at, at 12? <laughs> it's going to be a little bit different. Okay. I think there's a few options um, at this pick. Um, I When I was doing this mock, I had three different guys in. And we're going with the third one. It's completely different. We're going to go with the tight end. Um, Next year's class on paper, it looks very, very strong at two positions. Actually, three positions. Quarterbacks looks elite. Tight ends, it actually looks pretty elite. And wide receivers, it might be just as top-heavy as this past year's draft. So for those that have picks or want picks, try to get get them now. Um, But for Jerry, I think we're going to go with the top um, tight end in this class. And again risky we'll see if it pans out but we're gonna go with um i'm biased right now but we're gonna go with brevin jordan tight end for miami 
dude is a playmaker, you know, kind of in that Evan Ingram mold um, in the sense that don't ask this guy to block. Just ask him to catch the ball and run very fast and shed tackles. He's going to be like Travis Kelsey, like Mike Gesicki. He's barely going to line up. Jimmy Graham in his prime, he's not a blocker. He's going to basically be a pseudo-wide receiver, but labeled as a tight end. So there's a few other tight ends that are top tier in this class. Um, I think there could potentially be two or three that go in the first round, um, similar to Noah Fant TJ Hawkinson um, did in 2019. But this might be the first guy off the board, Revan Jordan, Miami tight end. Yep, this kid's a stud. And I think that you just took the words right out of my mouth with just this kid's a freak of an athlete. Mm-hmm. To, to catch the ball and to make offensive plays. Sign me up for this kid. I really like what he's bringing to the table. Um, but that's a cool first round. I, one tight end, one, two, three, four, five wide receivers, three quarterbacks, and three wide running backs there. So a little bit of a diversity board. Yep. Um, but I really like what you put together. Now the question is going to be is as the season progresses and we see some of these shift around, where this um, mock draft board goes to so thank you todd mcshay for everything you've put together here and i'm really liking what we're putting together and again for for you guys that are kind of at the bottom of the barrel this one's for you hells yeah so, um very exciting to see college football back for some of the other conferences hopefully yep. not as many games get canceled due to covid yeah notre dame stay safe on the campus yeah notre dame's out this week so that's another fun one but let's talk about week three here and this is the segment i know you all wait for um we went through and we went three and three in week one, but last week we we went four and two. We only fucked up two matchups this week, and go figure. It was me losing to Steve, which scoring the third amount or the the fourth amount of points, losing to the third amount of points, and mm-hmm. then Kevin fucked up entirely. But that's Kevin's problem, not ours. <laughs> um, so four and two. So we're seven and five to start the season here. Could be worse. Um, it definitely could be worse. So I'm going to take us into week one matchup here, and we're going to go you versus Jerry. And I'm just going to save us a whole lot of time here as we're a couple minutes into the podcast. Yep. And I'm picking you. Yep, I'm going me. I think for, unfortunately, these first three matchups we talk about are going to be a stark reminder for everyone in the Justice League why you hate the Avengers division. That is correct, sir. Um, so the next matchup, um, I'm going to save us some time, too. Nick Ruth is playing Sam, and I'm taking Nick Ruth. I don't think that we need any more explanations there, Sam. We love you to death, buddy. You're a great foot doctor. It's a little weird in all aspects. But, uh, yeah, you're not winning this matchup. Uh, so matchup three. So this is where we start to get down to kind of the meat and potatoes a little bit, where things get a little bit more interesting. So Not really. No, I'm a liar. Sorry. It's Zane and Armand. Let me, just give me Zane. Yeah, give me Zane. I mean, I think when we look at all these three, these first three matchups, the two questions are, one, do Zane, Nick Ruth, or myself potentially be the top scorer? And if I, you had to gun to your head, pick someone to pull an upset, who are you taking? Fuck, you can't feel good about it. Armand, maybe, with it. I, I, Zane's, or Sam's got the bigger upside with it. Yeah, that's the only reason I would take Sam, oh, just because of the upside. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's definitely not yep. Jerry. It's definitely not Sam, and it's definitely not Zane. So no, it's not happening. But fuck. if I had to pick someone, it would be Sam purely because of the rookie upside. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to actually the good matchups of the week. Oh yeah, and let's talk about your matchup. You versus Chris. Um, this is kind of the um, the injury bowl. 
Um, oh, who fuck. can who? Some cripples walk in, and who's gonna walk out alive? Um, when we look at your team, Dan, um, let's see who you're rocking. Uh, do do do. We look at Dan's team, and uh, it's not updated. So I'm just gonna pull who I think you're starting. Um, we have Josh Allen, obviously. Um, he's gonna be playing. He's got the Rams. He's got the Rams, and then we have Mark Ingram, who's now your number one running back. Yep. Mike Davis. Um, like you said, he he looked. I think he's gonna be flexible. I mean, you're not great that he's your wide ro- or running back too, but he's he's flexible. Um, but this is the strength of your team: Devonte Adams at wide receiver, Adam Thielen at wide receiver, um, Julian Edelman looked outstanding. <laughs> Go figure. He has his best like individual outing of his career with Cam Newton, and not you know. Not Tom Brady. Um, after that, we've got Michael Gallup, who's a little bit been disappointing. No? It has been, yes, very much so. But he, but he has a very favorable matchup against Seattle. That he does. Um, and Tyler Boyd, I mean, that whole Cincinnati offense, they pass the ball a lot. And Boyd, at least in week two, had a good showing. Um, curious to see how this matchup against Philadelphia goes, because Philly, I think... They're teetering on the point of their season falling apart. So if they're going to show up, I think this could be it, which could maybe be a disaster for Boyd, but I I, I believe in Burrow. Yep. Um, Hayden Hurst, he looked good this week. Um, he scored a touchdown. He kind of lived up to the expectations you had when you traded for him. Um, and Drew Brees. Yeah. I, Drew Brees, he might be another little disappointing guy, but I think... You can't start Kirk Cousins. Kirk no, Cousins. no, you can't start Kirk Cousins. No. Um, you might be able to trust him a little bit later, but not not right now. Um, so that's where we're going with your picks, and I think bench options. You don't really have. It's all pretty straightforward. Um, unless the only way you're ch- swapping to your bench is if anyone on your squad that I just mentioned is injured. When we look at Chris's team, um, do, 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 sorry, words are hard. Um, Cam Newton, obviously, against Las Vegas. Um, Cam, it's it's who? It's Josh Allen, it's Russell Wilson, it's Cam Newton in some order. That Those are your top three MVP candidates. Uh, Kyler Murray, those are your top yep. four. Top four. Um, running backs, I don't think, is there a better one-two punch in the league right now than Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? There's if not, the, but they have really tough matchups this week. They do. I mean, Seattle and Baltimore, that's very, very tough. But those those are good offenses, and I mm-hmm. think they're going to find a way to produce, but it might not be the 20-point games that you would, you're would you going to come to expect, um, expect from them. Terry McLaren, that's a pretty solid matchup. He's also pretty freaking good. Yes. T.Y. Hilton with Paris Campbell out against the Jets of all team. That's a get-right mm-hmm. game. Jonu Smith. That Vikings defense does not look good at all. Wolf Fuller, I don't even know if he's going to play. Darius Slayton against the... You normally would fear fear the 49ers, but I think half their team tore their ACLs. Um, Greg Olson against Dallas. Uh, Olson had, I think, a squadoosh yesterday. Yeah, he did. (laughs) He had nothing. And at flex, I mean, (laughs) at super flex, Deion Lewis... Um, at least he has Dion Lewis. That's encouraging, but not a not a sexy super flex option if you're Chris. Yep. Um, 
when you look at guys that you'd maybe consider substituting in, um, I wonder if you'd consider Marquez Valdez scantling. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, there's not a lot of great options for Chris. Um, how do you feel about your team? Um, was there anything I didn't touch on? No, I think just the only other guy that, that I have on my bench that might be worthwhile is Cole Beasley. Okay. Um, the, is that because of your Josh Allen love? It is just because of how that offense works. And then Jordan Akins has been pretty spectacular uh, through, the, through the first two weeks. Uh, two for two with a touchdown in week one, seven for 55 in the second one. So not bad overall. So a little bit of flexibility with that. But I agree. I think um, MVS is a very interesting pick. Gronkowski hasn't been worthwhile anything. Knox, Knox is interesting with it. Um Patrick, depending, you know, obviously Corton Sutton's out is, an, is mm-hmm. an interesting pick with it. Um, yeah, this is a fun matchup. So who do you got? <sighs> I want to pick Chris, but he just, if Jimmy doesn't play the super flex position, he's going to fuck him. I got to go with you. Yep. I think the fact that you don't have another quarterback on the roster currently does not play in your favor. Uh, I'm going to take myself as well. So we're four for four again this week. Um, God, this, this is dumb. We always pick the same people. Let's see if we can find something different in this one. Let's go to uh, – I'll move us to the next roster, which this is going to be another fun one with some yep. of these things. And I'm trying to fucking figure out my tablet and everything like that. Let's go to Stefan and Adam. Yep. Um, now, a, before you mention this, yep. is this a must win for Adam? He's 0-4 right now. I don't think um, Adam gives a shit. Okay. I think at this point in time, Adam's going to say, I'm 0-4. Let me try and fucking improve my draft pick, especially depending on... He doesn't have it. Oh, then then yeah, then this is a must win. Sam has his pick. Yeah, then this is a must win in, in this right. specific style matchup with well, it. Well, let's break it down. All right, give me a second. I'm pulling it up. i got to hit the versus button instead of clicking on a team name. Brady, Denver, eh. Kamara, Green Bay, got to love. Mm-hmm. Chubb against Washington is not good. Hill against Baltimore, not good. Parker's questionable, but I really like his matchup against Jacksonville. Ertz against Cincinnati, you feel good with. Mm-hmm. Ronald Jones, you can't feel good about. No. I mean, is who do you feel more comfortable with going forward, Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette? Fournette. Agreed. Yep. Tyler Higby has a glorious matchup against my Buffalo Bills. Um, Melvin Gordon has a great matchup against Tampa Bay. Jared Goff plays Buffalo. They play him tough with it. Um, I'd be curious if Teddy Bridgewater may be an option over Jared Goff, but you can't really. I don't think you push that button a whole lot. Yeah. Other than that, bench-wise, Latavius Murray's getting a decent chunk of carries with it. Brandon Cooks has looked pretty decent. Uh, Tyler Eifert's getting a lot of great targets, but he plays Miami this week, which isn't great. Um, it, it's an interesting matchup for, for Stefan up and down the board. Adam Mahomes has never... Never a person you want to count out. Carson says a great, a decent matchup, not great, decent matchup against Dallas. Drake has an outstanding matchup. Julio Jones is kind of questionable against the Chicago defense. Um, did Corey Davis catch balls last week? I think he did, right? He did. He had a touchdown, I He believe. did. Holy shit. Corey Davis has had a resurgent he's, with it. He's pulling a Devontae Parker. I still don't like it. George Kittle's – is he going to play? I – I can't imagine against the Giants. The good thing is Piaz Kittle's backup in Jordan Reed, and Reed, Reed looks solid. Good. Yep, Eckler's a. I think Eckler's a top ten running back right now. With it, um, Michael Hardman. This season or rough. in general? 
uh, this I think or this, this week season, or in general this season bordering on in general. Okay. Um, Hardman, a little bit of rough matchup again against Baltimore, but he's stacking that. I like that. Um, Gaskin's an interesting play against Jacksonville. Very favorable run matchup. Uh, and Phillip Rivers against the Jets. Everybody hates the fucking Jets. With that, yeah. he's got Mullins sitting there, which is an interesting matchup against the Giants. With it, um, who else does he have? Chase Edmonds, no. Emmanuel Sanders, maybe. I was just Green gonna Bay. say. Sanders has been disappointing thus far. He has been, um, but you gotta yeah. you gotta think he turns it around, right? You would think so with part of it, but uh-huh. I'm not counting on it. I want to be if Michael Thomas doesn't play, give me um, Traquan Smith, not Emmanuel Sanders. I'll take Stefan. Yeah, I'll take Stefan as well. I think I I I don't know how I feel about the McCall Hardman start. Um, you're just gambling that he goes for a long touchdown, which, hey, you have Mahomes, so I can't fault it, but I I don't like starting Hardman. I think that's the wrong call if, if you're at him. Yeah, I agree. But let's go to the matchup of the week, which currently projected is less than point. It's actually point zero one. Whew. That's, that gets pretty juicy. Um, and that's going to involve Steve and Kevin. And when we break down Steve and Kevin's teams uh, we'll start with kevin first and kevin's going with matt stafford who dun, 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 should be getting back kenny galladay this week um for his season debut or debut which should hopefully help that entire lions team because that offense does looks lost at times a running back we have derrick henry todd Gurley, number one wide receiver in fantasy right now calvin ridley yeah no shit wow dj moore hunter henry the aforementioned kenny galladay Mike Kosicki, Kevin's wasting no time striking while the iron's hot and getting him in the lineup. Mike Williams and Daniel Jones. Uh, when we look at Steve's team, I mean, Matt Ryan has been phenomenal. Aaron Jones, I don't know it, but I'm pretty sure he's the number one running back in fantasy right now. Kareem Hunt, um, we worry about Chubb, we worry about Hunt. At the end of the day, they're both startable. Uh, DJ Chark, great matchup against Miami. Juju Smith-Schuster, pretty solid matchup against Houston. Noah Fant should still be startable without Drew Locke. In fact, Dan doesn't want to hear this probably, but I think it might even be an upgrade for the pass catchers. Might not be make the team better, but I think for fantasy it might make them better. Um, Naheem Himes is risky. I think this, and I don't know, maybe Steve is going to make adjustments. I don't know. But I think Himes might be a matchup play in games that Indiana looks like they're going to be winning and dominating like they might against the Jets. I'm not sure if Hines is going to have the good game script in the sense when they're behind and he can come in and, you know, spell Jonathan Taylor a little bit. Uh, David Johnson against Pittsburgh, that's a tough matchup. Deontay Johnson is the wide receiver one that no one's talking about. And Ben Roethlisberger against Houston, this is rock solid as it gets. Um, when you look at some of the bench spots, I'll start. I'll stick right there with Big Ben. I mean, Ryan Tannehill against Minnesota. That is an interesting option that I would maybe consider f- switching if I was um, Steve. I'd also consider swapping out Hines for Jarvis Landry against Washington. Um, Michael Thomas, obviously, if he's playing, you're starting him. So that's something to watch to see how that you know plays out for Steve. Um, I mean, AJ Green, you can consider him as well. It's a tough matchup against Philly. You might get the Darius Slay shadow. Um, for Kevin's team, 
it's pretty cut and dry with the, with the bench options. The only one that I would maybe consider would be Antonio Gibson. And I think if you start Antonio Gibson, you're maybe considering benching like, I don't know. Um, obviously, Galladay, if he doesn't play, but maybe Mike Williams. Yep, that's who I um, pick. Did I miss anything breaking down those two teams? No, I think uh, the only other piece is that you've got, obviously, the A.J. Green piece, but that's a tough matchup against Philly. Logan yep. Thomas has looked outstanding in Washington. They With like it, their tight ends. Yeah. Yep. Brandon Ayuk for San Francisco has looked exceptionally decent. Robbie Anderson's my wild card oh, yeah, um, that's for, a good one. for Kevin. I, I think he's a he brings an interesting piece into that matchup mm-hmm. with it. I think it's it's one of the guys that if Christian McCaffrey's not there, this is a guy that you can try and lean on yep. to get the, the bulk of your workload and make magic happen. So um, I believe you get the honor, sir, of picking the matchup right now. I have a feeling we're going to go six for six again, which would make us 18 for 18. Give me Steve. Um, I'm gonna go opposite. I am gonna take. Bum Kevin. bum bum. I am gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the opposite card here. We're gonna go 17 for 18 with it. And the reason I say that here mm-hmm. is I, I think Deontay Johnson plays, but I do not think that Michael Thomas plays okay. with it. And I'm gonna say it here, and I'm gonna say it now. Big Ben is not the start against Houston. It, so you would go Tannehill? I would play Tannehill and put my put my pieces in there because I do not think the stack with Deontay Johnson is going to be worthwhile in this matchup. Mm. And I, I, I could I, be completely wrong, and this is where all this bullshit comes in and we encourage your feedback and the fuck yous and all this other fun stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Kevin with it. So far I've been 0 for 2 on the Kevin picks. Call it the Reaper status with it. Uh, I'll take it with it. I picked him to, to lose, and he won. I picked him to win, and he lost. Sorry, but I'm going to pick you to win here. Let's see what happens. Godspeed. Um, either way, we're going to be – our records will be different this Correct. time next yep. week. Um, let's hope the injury bug does not happen this week. Uh, God, I can don't we, know if anybody can take any more of that stuff. That we, was a rough week. Can we pause the game and turn injuries off? Is that I, allowed? I it, In real life, No. With it, but you've got to. Twenty twenty is weird. Why can't we do it? Dude, break 20, the rules. Yeah, twenty twenty is really messed up. But at the end of the day, good luck to everybody. Have some fun. Make sure you manage your lineups. Let's talk trades. Um, Root's got a new name coming. I'm really curious to see what that's going to be here. Uh, the anticipation's no. oh, killing me. Oh, it's fucking great. I'm really excited about it. But let's see what happens. Good luck to everybody. Try not to fuck the world up. R.I.P. Raheem Mostert. Get well soon. <laughs>